Lotus Bloom Podcast. And here is your host, Morgan Wiley. Welcome to another episode of the Lotus Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Wiley. Thanks for being here. Today, I'm so excited to get to share with you an interview I had with author Samantha Young. Samantha is a New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal bestselling author from Scotland. Oh, y'all, I had so much fun talking with Samantha and listening to her beautiful accent. I hope you do as well. But before we jump into the interview, I thought it'd be fun if I started sharing with you the books that I'm reading. Each month, I'm making it a new goal this year to read one business book and a fiction book. This past month, I read Believe It by Jamie Kern Lima, and she is the founder of It Cosmetics, and it's her story from her dream the conception of her dream into the reality of being a huge success is so personal and real, endearing, and there were tears and laughter. And you guys, it was a great nonfiction book. If you are looking for any kind of inspiration into starting your dream or continuing to follow your passion when you feel like you're at the very bottom and there's nowhere else to go, but you keep going. This is the book. Y'all read this book. I loved it. And for my fiction choice this month, I read Smoke Bitten by Patricia Briggs. And that's like the 11th or 12th book in a paranormal urban fantasy series. Uh, So don't start with that one if you like that stuff, but I love her series and this was just another fantastic one. And I actually read two fiction books this month, which is fantastic because I haven't been reading a lot lately and I've been trying to get back into it. The second book I read was by Nora Roberts. It was The Awakening, The Dragonheart Legacy, book one in a new fantasy series. So that was really fun. I have not read a full fantasy book from her before, and I really enjoyed it. I can't wait for the second one. So there you have Morgan's book report for the month. We'll see what I read next month. All right, now on to the interview. I had the chance to meet Sam a while back, and she's just a beautiful soul and such a lovely person to speak with. We will get into all that she writes and her different genres, but she's most famously known for her hunky Scotsman in the contemporary romance series on Dublin Street. I can't wait for you to meet Sam and hear all that she has to offer. So without further ado, Samantha Young. Hello, Samantha Young. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here with me today. I am about almost as far away from you as I could possibly be right now. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Being on the west coast of the United States and you in Scotland, it's, we are very far apart. (laughs) We are, we are. Oh, but I love this technology that we can do this. 
It's amazing. It is amazing. And and before, you know, when I've done interviews before and I have spoken to people on the West Coast, I didn't realise exactly how far away we are until I went to the West Coast myself. <laughs> and I felt so very far from home. It was unreal. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is a very far trip. And I, oh, I can't wait to come to Scotland one day, one day oh. in the future. But <laughs> Bucket list. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So let's talk about your creative journey. How, where did this all begin for you? I know you are a writer, but did you always want to be a writer or how, how did this, how did your journey begin? We'll start there. Well, yes, I've always wanted to be a writer. Uh, I never thought it was actually something I would pursue uh, a career in because I thought it was outside the realm of <laughs> possible. Um, but it's, gosh, it goes right back to when I was about seven or eight. And I started reading uh, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. Mm -hmm. And I just knew as soon as I read that book that I wanted to write stories just like that. Mm. Um, So I've been writing ever since. But my actual professional writing journey started at university. Um, I started writing a young adult urban fantasy series based on mythology I was learning about at university. And when I left university, I struggled, like many graduates do, to find a job. Mm -hmm. So I was unemployed, living with my parents, but I had two books that I had written at university. And I thought, I'm going to finish this series and see if I can get get it published. Um, And it was in amongst being rejected by publishers for book one that I heard about Amanda Hawking. Mm-hmm. and Kindle Direct Publishing. So I started following her and I did loads of research and I planned it for about six months, uh, what I was going to do, how I was going to do it with the three books and then I, I launched them in 2011 and the rest, they say, is history. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, I remember, <clears throat> I don't know if I... I was following someone on Twitter and I don't know if they had mentioned one of your books or you and I started following you and read your, um, was the Tales of Luna Morte, is that right? Yes, that's yes. the one, yes. And that's a, a young adult uh, urban fantasy paranormal style uh, Yeah. And I fell in love with that. And I had been reading, trying to find new indie, independent published authors because I had started writing my own. And so I began to follow your journey. And you were so sweet because you would you would chat with me on Twitter. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's an author who will talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> See, to me though, I was just, I'm just chatting with another author, you know, and another, <laughs> another writer that, that like, and it's still how I feel, you know, um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's bizarre um, to me when I, when readers come up to me and are like, oh my God, you're Samantha Young. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know I am. <laughs> Have been it's, all my life. As <laughs> my best friend always says, you're just Sam. I'm like, I'm aware. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think you have to keep that attitude as well. I think um, it reminds you of why you do what you do you know, um, and it's all about the writing and it's all about the community. So we have a great book community. If we can all just, I think if we just all network and remember where we started when we first started our publishing journey, then uh, 
be a better place. I love that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you write in a multitude of genres from adult contemporary paranormal romance to young adult contemporary and paranormal urban fantasy. Do you have a, do you have a favorite genre that you, you prefer to write in? Um, I think it's just, it's a bit like as a reader, you know, like when, what you're in the mood for, like, cause I will, mm-hmm. I will read paranormal romance when I'm in the for that, or um, if I feel like reading some angsty contemporary romance and I feel it's the same with writing except less flexibility because you have to have a schedule. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I don't say, I wouldn't say there's something that I'm particularly favor over the other. Um, there's probably two genres and that would be, I would say, I would say I prefer writing adult. I enjoy writing young adult a lot, but I prefer the, there's a little bit more freedom in writing adult mm-hmm. fiction. Mm-hmm. You have to be extremely sensitive when you're writing young adult. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly honest with you, as, as as important as I know that is, it can also be stressful as a writer to be constantly thinking about, can I say this? Can I do that? Uh, yeah. um, you know, uh, um, and so I just feel like sometimes there's no freedom with adult fiction. Mm-hmm. Do you find it difficult to uh, transition from one to the next? Yeah, I su- yeah, because you're having to change your voice. You know, it's 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 finding that perfect balance where you you sound like you're a teenager because you're you're trying to remember <laughs> right. how it felt to be a teenager, but you also want your character to be mature enough that the story has, um, the story can transcend age groups. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I re- I like to read young adult fiction, and I know a lot of adults do, uh, and that's who that's who I'm trying to to reach when I write YA, that both, any reading level. Mm-hmm. So there is a challenge in getting the voice right. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk on Dublin Street. This was the book that kind of changed everything for you, correct? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so how <laughs> So how long was it from, I guess, when you were, when you were doing indie publishing to... Because you started on Dublin Street, you released that as an indie publisher, correct? Before I did, yes. Um, I released on Dublin Street at the end of August 2012. Okay. And I had started self-publishing in February 2011. Okay. So it was only about, what, 18 months? That? Yeah, not long at all. And how, how long... Um, before it became traditionally published not long at all it was only it was only indie for four weeks oh wow and then yeah um and then the traditional publisher took it over um and then they released the paperback they they, they took over the ebook after four weeks and then they released the paperback I think it was January the following year yeah that's really fast okay I didn't realize that yeah yeah, it just kind of blew up. Y'all, if you haven't read on Dublin Street and you like, you know, some uh, some very uh, handsome Scotsman, <laughs> this is definitely the one to read. <laughs> Wasn't sure how else to put that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was it was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> 
that feel like? I mean, I, I imagine that was your your goal all along was to to be picked up by a traditional publisher. And what did that feel like? How did you react? It hit big on the New York Times bestsellers list. It was it was so surreal. It was unbe- just unbelievably surreal. Um, the, the weeks that it happened are actually just a blur. I can only remember like kind of specific moments um, over those few weeks. And I, I remember waking up one morning, I think it was about 10 days after the book had been out, I think. And I had text messages, text messages from friends and family and notifications <laughs> and everybody was telling me it was in the top 100. And then every day I would get, I would wake up to more notifications from people, you know, in other time zones <laughs> who were getting the information first. And it was like, you do know it's sitting at number one now. <laughs> like, no, no way. It was just, it was just such an incredibly exciting time that I just, yeah, surreal. Oh, that's the only word yeah. I can think of, Morgan. It's surreal. I can imagine. Oh, that's it's so amazing. Such it's such a cool story. And just to have watched watched it all happen, it's it's very, yeah. very exciting. So do you have any um the mentors or you know people who inspire you other authors um in in the writing world that that you have kind of looked to um to be inspired by you mentioned amanda hawking yes um, amanda hawking was you know i had started reading her books and when i found out they were self-published and started following Mm -hmm. her journey she was incredibly helpful um to a lot of writers at Mm -hmm. the time because she you know she logged her journey on her blog for everyone yeah um so yeah I just that was so amazing of her to do um when I was in my teens I would say that my biggest writing inspiration was actually Angela Carter okay it was um my film teacher he gave me a copy of her short stories and and it's she's completely far removed from what I write, mm-hmm. but I just it was like it was like the line in which in the wardrobe it was like falling in love with writing all over again. Um, and I always said to myself, one day I'll write that kind of style where you just really just be get to be poetical and dark and different and you know whatever is in your imagination you just let it out. And and to a certain extent I do take hold of that part of my imagination and her inspiration when I write paranormal Mm -hmm. because there is a I think you get to be more lyrical in paranormal than you do in contemporary and maybe that's just a personal feeling on my part but I just feel like I I get to be a little bit more um descriptive Mm -hmm. and lyrical in paranormal yeah absolutely Um, but otherwise, I mean, there's just there's a ton of my peers that I, I look up to, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, just a ton of great writers out there and and more every year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a constantly growing streak. <laughs> yeah, I can't keep up. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, if you find there are times where you have maybe dry spells or when things are tough or maybe even earlier on when you were first starting out, what got you through those times what drove you to to keep writing and to keep pursuing your passion um a couple of things uh one it it became my full-time job so it 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 became 
my business as well mm-hmm. as my passion. So there was that practical element mm-hmm. that was driving me to keep going. But also your fans. Like once you once you have a reader base, um, you don't want to let them down. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm so grateful to my readers in a way I can never probably express, which sounds dumb coming from a writer, but I just couldn't express how grateful I am to them. There's no words for it. So there's that's always there as well. I don't want to disappoint mm-hmm. uh, my readers. And on the same hand, if I felt like I was pushing a book because I felt because it, you know, I said that it would be out on a certain date and yet I wasn't happy with it, I wouldn't put it out if I wasn't happy with mm-hmm. it because I care about them, you know, and they deserve more than um, something I'm not completely happy with mm-hmm. that's good so those are the people that are driving me to to keep going and yeah that's good keep writing that's really good yeah. where do you find your inspirations in a, in a few places um my kind of everyday is music music mm-hmm. is a huge mm-hmm. inspiration um whether it's the mood of a song or a lyric you know mm-hmm. um that kind of sparks a character or a situation or dialogue um and also the same could be said for movies you know sometimes something's said in a movie that just mm-hmm. you know it just sparks something that kind of rollerballs into oh yeah um something else but and real life you know there are certain things that have happened in real life where it's funny little things that a conversation that's been had around the dinner table that it's hilarious that I will tell them at the time, this is going in a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, or bigger life moments uh, that we all go through mm-hmm. um, find their way into stories. Because readers, I think readers can sense when you've been through something and, you know, it feels more authentic when you write it. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So do you have any like writing rituals or routines that you do to kind of get you in the mood of writing or, you know, I know some people do actual physical things like change their shoes to a, to a certain pair of shoes or they light candles or <laughs> uh, do you have anything like that that's, that's unique to you or interesting? Nothing so quirky as that, <laughs> but now I feel like I should. Could, could you make one up? <laughs> Yeah, this is usually I just I I play around with music and listen to lots of different music and then I'll create a playlist Uh that I think might help me and then I'll go for a really long walk and that is the extent of what I'll do for a new book. Hey, that's um, a good one. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite the shoe thing, though. No, I had never heard that. I heard one person (laughs) say that, and I thought that's really interesting. It is. It's so quirky. He had like oh. uh, a green pair of shoes that for some reason it triggered something in his mind that when I put these shoes on, these are my writing shoes. <laughs> and then when he was done, he would take wow. them off and put whatever other shoes on and then he was done for the day. And I thought that's really interesting. <laughs> it is. It is. I feel like I need something eccentric. I know. Though. I was trying to come up with, come something. up with something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I need something to, I don't know. <laughs> get my brain into gear I guess (laughs) maybe that's my problem (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness oh that's brilliant 
So outside of making New York Times bestseller list, what has been the maybe wildest or craziest like dream come true moment for you in your journey so far? Wow, there's been there's been a few. I think the biggest is is actually being able to travel. Hmm. So I hadn't traveled much um, before my writing career and being able to travel for work is just fantastic because a lot of people have to travel for work and it's all the time Mm -hmm. and they get sick of it whereas I just get to go a couple of times a year and I get to go to these amazing places and meet these amazing people Mm. who miraculously reading my books in foreign languages (laughs) and it's just it just blows my mind I've, I've been to Croatia and Poland and Germany a few times and obviously I've been to the States a number of times and every time I go to America and I go to a different state it feels like being in a different country mm. every state has its own personality and it's just just love traveling there um, and I have tons of places on my bucket list that I'd love to visit um, oh me too you know and to visit my readers as well yeah Oh, that's a good one. Yes, I love to travel. What else was a big moment? Oh, gosh. Meeting other authors. There's been a number of fangirl moments. (laughs) Oh, I Um, bet. (laughs) Yeah, there has. I've met Penny Reid and LH Cosway, who probably didn't realise, thank God, how much I was fangirling (laughs) uh, beneath the surface when I met them. Um, I also met J.R. Ward. She did know. There was no hiding no hiding the fact oh that's awesome <laughs> um it was like I was so nervous um who else I met Colleen Hoover who I, I barely can say like two words around so she probably <laughs> thinks I'm mute um it's terrible because I'm actually a very shy person mm-hmm. and it's something I thought I'd gotten better at as I get older but you put me into a book signing and suddenly I'm shy 15 year old again <laughs> it's so sad it really is <laughs> oh, dear. oh that's funny <laughs> I remember when I got to meet you um in uh, Utopia con what year was that it uh that, that was 2013 okay yeah yeah oh it was so fun I was having a bit of a fangirl moment getting to meet you <laughs> Oh my gosh, I, I, more than, was it 2013 or 2012? Um, now I can't remember. It's one of those. I can't remember either. It's one of those. Was it really that long ago yeah, that you met? Yeah. Time's gone oh fast. It has gone fast. Oh my goodness. That's, that was the first time I'd ever traveled anywhere by myself and the furthest away. Oh, really? That I traveled. Yeah. Yep. I was a nervous wreck at first. Um <laughs> But Nashville was so cool. Such a cool place. <laughs> it is a cool place. Probably, might, well, you maybe have noticed, I was very nervous at Utopia signing with everyone. So I'm sorry if I yeah. was nervous with you. <laughs> no, you were, you were absolutely fine. But I could tell you were nervous or, you know. Oh, wait, but that's a big deal. That was your first traveling by yourself and to a place where you don't know what you're doing there and all these people. And no, that, that would be a lot. It would be very overwhelming. Yeah. It was. <laughs> you were fabulous. <laughs> so do you have any other creative outlets other than writing or things that maybe you, you like to do as a hobby or anything outside of writing? Do you know, it's quite, it's quite a shame, but a lot of my hobbies have 
fall into the wayside with my work. Well, you are very busy. Um, I am. <laughs> it's, it's, I've got a really tight schedule and I promise myself every year that I will loosen the schedule a little bit. And it just, as is typical with anybody who's self-employed, it just never right. happens. Um, but I used to love to draw. I used to sketch all the time when I was younger. Oh, really? um, yeah. And every now and then I will, you know, try and pick it up again. But um, just nowhere near. I always had a sketch pad in my hand when I was younger. Um, and a passion for music. I used to used to love going to gigs. Okay. Any chance I could. Um, but yeah, as I say, it's just a little bit sad. Although I did promise myself this year that I would finally, finally get piano lessons. Oh. Um, and then obviously the pa- pandemic hit. So um, that's been put to the side. But as soon as things get normal again, I'm definitely pushing myself to go and do it always wanted to learn how to play the piano that's great okay you have said it out you've said it out loud so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hold you I'm to un- that I'm under pressure <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's great that'll be fun yeah hopefully <laughs> I could end up hating it you know well I guess if that's the case at least you tried and you you did yeah, something this new is it. <laughs> that's awesome so what what advice would you give to others whether they be writers or other types of creatives um in their own journeys I would say that one of my biggest pieces of advice is creating a schedule that works for you when it comes to your writing or whatever your creative outlet is because the hardest part is actually sitting down and doing Mm -hmm. it especially when we, we all have busy lives. So it's creating a time. It's knowing what time of day is your optimum creative time. Mm, that's good. Because I do think, talking from to other creatives, that we all have an optimum time of the day that we um, are most productive. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's knowing that and trying to rearrange as much as you can your life so that you can get those that writing time in. or um, Because otherwise... It just never gets done. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just life, especially if you have kids mm-hmm. and another job and, you know. Right. So that's one of the biggest pieces of advice I give. Another is to share your work with people you trust, mm. people who um, are going to give you honest feedback because everyone, it's, everyone needs practice with their craft. Mm-hmm. When I read back my my first YA books that I self-published, that's part of my journey and it's done now, but I can see now reading them again that they they needed work. And that's just something that comes with practice and working with great editors Mm -hmm. and and learning to kind of hone your craft. Mm -hmm. So I always say to people when they're starting out, beta readers, beta readers, beta readers, beta readers, um, because they help so much. They really do. Yeah, that's really good. So what can we expect from you this next year? What are you working on now? Well, right now, I've just sent my last manuscript to my editor. So she that's for Hearts Boardwalk 4. Mm. And then I'm just about to start working on my third adult paranormal under my pen name, Eshang. Yay! Yay. <laughs> um, so that's good. It's nice, to, it's nice to be able to jump from the genres 
uh, because I've just been writing contemporary romance uh, this year. So it's nice to get back to paranormal romance. Um, and I have a book coming out with my publisher, Berkeley in February that I actually wrote in last year, October 2019. Oh, wow. I wrote it. So it doesn't come out till February next year. And then I'm launching a new series next year as well. Great. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. Yes, it's all cool. It's <laughs> awesome. Okay, so I have kind of a random question. Okay. Um, I'm curious, because a lot, a lot of authors do this, um, but I'm curious about the cover changes on, on Dublin Street. The illustrated cover, yes, is that yes. the one you're talking about? Yes. So what happened was I released a book with Berkeley, well, that's my publisher, um, called Fight Your Flight. And it was released with an illustrated cover. Right. And Berkeley have started predominantly using illustrated covers for their um, contemporary oh, romance novels. Oh, okay. So they decided to see if they could bring in a new audience for On Dublin Street um, by changing it to an illustrated cover. Oh, okay. So it's, it was just, just simply um, uh, just a marketing move to try and get fresh readership for the book and for the series. Okay, well that's good to know. Will they will they change yeah. all of them in the series or? I'm I'm not sure. Um, I think it just depends on if it's if it works over time. Sure. They might update uh, the rest of the series to the covers. But yeah, it was one of those things where some readers were happy about it and some readers were <laughs> were not happy about <laughs> it. But you you get that you get that with anything. Oh you know, sure. Illustrated covers has become quite a bit of a discussion. Like people are kind of split down the middle about them. Yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> I I really like some of them and some of them not so mm-hmm. much. Yeah, it's just um, I'm the same with illustrated covers. It's the same with normal covers, I guess. You know, I, I love some of them and some mm-hmm. of them I don't yeah, like absolutely. so much. Um, I will say it's an illustrated cover for Much Ado About You. Oh, fun. I adore, I adore it. Oh, good. It's like, it's one of my favorites. So I'm really, really happy with that. So sometimes it just hits the mark. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, where can our listeners find you? Where do you like to hang out on social? Where's the best way to check out all your stuff? So my two favorite places are Instagram um, and my handle's just at author Samantha Young. And uh, my f- private Facebook group, Sam's Clan McBookish. Oh, good. So my my Facebook group get everything before anyone else. The same with my newsletter. Um, they get, I've got a cover reveal on Monday, but they've already seen the cover. Um, they get special giveaways, uh, exclusive news, all these kind of things. And they're just the loveliest, most supportive readers in that group. So it's it's my safe place on social media. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome well we will make sure and put all those links in the show notes so that people can click on them and find you easily and your website is author samantha young correct dot com sorry that's yes that's the one yeah okay awesome well sam thank you so much for chatting with us today and hanging out and sharing your story i really appreciate it well thank you for having me it's been lovely it has and i just love hearing you talk I could listen to you talk forever (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) all right well we will uh we will talk to you soon okay thanks Morgan